Scene, the opera house of Erie's offices. Fisk and Gould are in the president's office. Opinionated odium, uppermost in papers, various names of blackguard casts on me. With objurgations jeered, I am unworthiest judged to reportorial tales of golden overstatements and affairs exposed. I take unhappy precedence in print to your despicable esteem. The primest miscreants they reiterate is mine. Jay Gould, the execrated ghoul, deserves dissociated solitude in hell. Unconscionable infamies, vastly imputable upon excess, to this Napoleonic mannequin belong. I thought I had Napoleon's height. Five-four was high enough for him. He's brought, quoth he, belligerent catastrophes on fiscal traffic and fidelity in trade, unmitigated ghoulishness not lacking. Scathe comes hard when ghoul takes heart in dodgy schemes. It seems they reprehend my sight. I saw in total concourse all the markets short, and with contrarian shots their bloated unanimity besieged. These writers' stagnant dotage all admire and unsurprising steadiness affirm. Next to this column they affixed my essay on honest manhood, written by demand in 1850. Read this paragraph. A man as honest as his eyes, presenting sights or his ears, accepting sound, will see in plainest judgment what he must pursue. Discriminative honesty avows realities reacting advantageously to realize likelihood from ravages of hope. Therefore, all our perfunctory supposals, our phenomenal unlikelihoods, our false exhilarations and impolitic astonishments should be considered as dishonest, not as policy confirmed. The conscientious voices seldom found vociferous, but with expostulative facts would have us face persuasion. It accords judicious objectivity with plain respect for justice. Then you quoted Pope. An honest man's the noblest work of God. But I should say, the noblest cunning knows where railroad commerce with petroleum grows. Here's a story on the gold bank. More than fifty clerks were added yesterday to lessen the digestive disarray of all unsorted losses and returns. We'll work all night, said Henry Benedict, the bank's fiduciary president, but lack the daily statement yet from nine engagers on the 24th. He then avowed the brokers of Jay Gould, James Fisk, and James Brown have no statements brought. No man would state he lost four million. If my trades are honored, seven million I'll possess. How, Jason? Sixty million sold, no less since Wednesday. Then I earned my share who raised the price for you. Your honest earnings will be half my own. How could you have, Jay Gould? Definitive futurity so much beyond the scope of your immediate sight. I mean tenacious intuition like Tiresias you intensified. Gold bulk to giddy bulls like me you sold in fine. In Corbin's house on Tuesday, I was shown a note addressed to Mrs. Corbin, 
Grant's beloved sister from Ulysses' wife. It's said the general disaffected gamesters or speculative chancers in the course of gold. Oh, Gouldy injustice, all your quests with hidden quietude may come good speed. I fear intense annulment of these gains, not giving statements while opprobrium reigns. But what's the promulgated paradigm in Greeley's paper, which New York should mime? Whereon? On Boutwell's sale of central gold. Instance for imitation he'd convey indeed who says, What an exhilarative rack has Boutwell wreaked on Fisk and Gould, who all established capital upon unsettled hazards and anomalous mischance would overthrow.